the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if, I mean, uh, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. When you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa, like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly 95% of um, the victims of Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a illegal sanctions forced organ harvesting business. All right. Hey, and how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are coming to you from the greatest country in the world, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. We really appreciate you guys stopping in. Um, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, please go ahead and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button as well, and also hit that bell icon so you guys really help us out in that way. Um, if you guys are watching us on the go or if you want to catch us on the go, I'm sorry, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at the Truth Defender Podcast. Um, you can find us on social media, Twitter at Defender Podcast, Instagram at Truth Defender Podcast, Facebook as well. Uh, we have a Discord and a PayPal, which I don't really plug too much, um, but I'll have that listed down there if you guys want to help us out. Um, hardware and software platforms and all that costs a lot of money. Um, so that, none of that actually goes into our pocket or anything like that. We don't collect any kind of money off of this. But if you want to help us out, we'd really appreciate that as well. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments for myself or our guests, uh, guests or topic recommendations, you guys can find us at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Um, our guest is making his second appearance on the show. We really appreciate that. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at darkh201. You can find him on his website as well at iamdarkwaters.com. Just in time for Halloween, Mr. Dark Waters. How you doing, sir? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you? Oh, not too bad, man. We're just trying to hang in there. Um, everybody's getting by with this whole coronavirus thing. You know, all the elections are coming up, but uh, we're trying to take some time off from that and maybe clear our minds for the weekend and just get into some of these stories that you got for us. Um, it's always great to hear you uh, tell us about your stories about ghosts and all kinds of things um so we really appreciate you coming on 
No, it's all good. I'm happy to be on with you guys. And I figure I kind of go back and take this episode to talk about some of the things that have transpired recently with one of my close friends and witnesses. Um, and I'll tell you guys from the beginning, this is a dog man encounter that's it's been going on for like five years, man. And I figured it'll be a good thing to kind of walk through because it gives you an idea of everything that pretty much transpires when you have dog man on your property. Right. Um, it's my buddy Connor. He's been having activity for at least a solid four going on five years. The very first time he and I talked, he was telling me about um, how he saw this kind of dog man pup right. outside of his uh, house. And if you, I mean, if I told this story to you before, I'm not sure, but I'll just tell it anyway. So it was him and his dog Jackson. His dog recently died or was killed. Um, and it started off to where his dog would like be growling and going crazy, running around from room to room around the house. And he had the very first sighting of dog man he saw was just a head in his window. Like one was peeping through his bedroom window. Right. right. And it progressed from that to where one evening or one night he's laying in the, laying on the sofa. And if I'm not mistaken, he had hurt in his back by then. I'm pretty sure he had hurt and he had fell and hurt his back and was on disability. And he hears something beating on the van outside. Now, my boy, he makes his money by kind of like buying and buying and selling different cars and trucks. It's kind of a little hustle, you know, mm -hmm. buy a car for 500, sell it for 1500. That's how he makes a lot of his money. And so he's got a bunch of junk cars outside. He'll sell, you know, Cadillac converters out the car. He's a country boy hustler. So, you know, he makes his money. Right. Well, he in the house and he hears this banging on one of the vans outside gets up and goes to the front window and by now he knows these things on his property so he's got his if i'm not mistaken it's his uh saga 12 shotgun with a high beam flashlight on it then he has another super duper high beam flashlight um that he carries with him and he goes to shining the light out the window and he sees um this creature kind of crawling on the ground and it's crawling on all fours. It's small. He described it like looking like a little red fox. And then it stands up. Um, he opens the door, steps out, and it's, the light's still shining on it. And it literally stands there like it's trying to keep still, hoping that it, he won't, it won't see him, right? right. Then it slowly kind of moves to the left, closer and closer to this tree, and hides behind this tree. Um, one of the things that, you know, most people think is that when they see a dog, man, they're going to, like take a picture or they're going to shoot it. This guy is an avid outdoorsman, um, a serious hunter, uh, martial artist. And I want to say he has a little bit of military in his background, but he didn't take a picture and he didn't shoot because he froze up. Right. right. So um, he sees a little one and moves over and he gets to thinking, well, there's a little one around. Maybe there's something else around. So he starts shining his flashlight into the tree line around his house. And he sees these huge kind of amber, uh, oranges eyes in the woods. And he, the way he described them was if you take a styrofoam cup and flip it over, the eyes were the size of the bottom of a styrofoam cup. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about something extremely huge. Well, he decides the best thing for him to do is go back inside. Uh, about a month later, um, he's in the house and, um, 
he sees this red beam and I'm, all this is very significant. So everybody listening, listen carefully. And I go back, explain, I'll explain a whole bunch of this. So he sees this red beam that kind of imagine it goes from the floor up to the ceiling, right? So you just see a horizontal red line come through the wall. It goes like literally from the floor up to the ceiling. Then he sees it go horizontally left to right. So it goes vertical and horizontal, this solid red beam is penetrating the walls, everything, right? And he's like, what the hell is that? Goes outside to kind of try and take a look, and he can see these um, green lights in the tree line, like like these little green dots. Right. And he's like, what the hell is going on, man? This is crazy. So um, he grabs his rifle. Keep in mind, he's got a lot of dogman activity. He grabs his rifle goes outside and when he approaches the lights, they all retreat, right? So as he gets closer, they retreat into the woods. So then he comes back to his house. A few hours later, those lights out there again, he goes out there and he can clearly see now that these are men fleeing from him, running away in the woods. And he's like, okay, what the hell is going on? So now he's freaking out and he's like in the woods saying, hey, listen, talk to me, man. What's going on? What you doing here? Talk to me. Nobody says anything, goes back in the house. Well, he's in the house again, and it's more of a trailer than the house, but he's inside again, and he sees one of the lights outside of his back kind of door. Right. So he goes out the back door, um, excuse me, he goes out of the back door with his shotgun, and as he opens the door, there's a man standing there, helmet on, all black outfit, black vest, with the green light on it. So he's got the weapon pointing at the guy, Saga 12 shotgun this time. And um, he said, listen, man, I don't know what's going on out here, but I need you to talk to me. Tell me what's going on, what you're doing on my property. Hmm. Guy doesn't even look at him. The guy is focused, looking forward, like literally unafraid, not worried, doesn't even care that he's pointing the shotgun at him. And he kind of raises his voice, trying to get a a rise out of the guy, getting the guy to pay attention. Guy just kind of kicks a glance at him and keeps looking forward. And so I was like, Connor, man, what did you do? He said, well, I was getting ready to try and confront him even more, but I noticed there were other green lights coming out of the wood line towards us. I said, well, what happened? He said, well, I told him, listen, man, I don't know what y'all doing, but I just need y'all to talk to me. Somebody ought to tell me something. Um, I don't know why y'all on my property. Just talk to me. Nobody would say anything. So he went back in the house, closed the door. Next day he gets up, goes down to the... Uh, police department, which is about 40 minutes away, and asked them if there was, you know, any kind of operation going on in this property, like there was any kind of drug raid or something in the area. They say no. He goes to the state police, and he asks the state police, hey, did you guys have anything going up in this area on my property? They say no. So now he's extremely confused because none of the local authorities, including the, um, what do you call them, the kind of game wardens, None of them had anything going on on his property. So he's like, what the hell were these guys doing here, right? Goes home because he was up all night. He goes to sleep, wakes up again. They're back out there again. So now he gets pissed. And so now he's chasing them through the woods. Like, y'all going to talk to me. Chasing them through the woods, like a quarter of a mile through the woods. And these guys, uh, the two that he was chasing, ends up hopping into a, a black van and pulling off. So he's like, dude. I don't know what the hell's going on out here. This is crazy. Now, let me pause right here. I hadn't, he had been, we had, he had, this had been going on for a long, long time, but I did not allow him to talk about it publicly 
because we didn't know what that was at that point in time. We didn't know who it was. We didn't know why they were there. And I had never heard anything like that, right? Since then, I've heard about those guys a couple of times. But prior to that, we had never heard anything like this. The green lights on the helmets, these pretty much larger than normal-sized men in the woods around the property, right? And particularly associated with Dogman. So I was really concerned about his well-being because I'm like, okay, this is some kind of military squad and they're doing something. I don't think we should talk about it. Hmm. So time passes. I did an album of his stories called Dogman Undisclosed, but I switched up everything in the stories because I was really concerned for his safety, right? Okay. Finally, he decides he's going to tell the whole story himself. And you can hear that on an interview on my YouTube page called uh, Dogman and the Handlers, right? The Handlers being those guys that had the helmets on. Right. All right. So fast forward. Um, he does that interview all the activity kind of calms down in this area. So I periodically would call and check on them every other month. Hey, buddy, you all right? Yeah, buddy, I'm fine. Nothing's going on. You know, they still come around, but they're not really doing anything. They're not trying to bait me to come out of the house. They, I think we got a good understanding with them, me and Jackson, right? So months pass, bro, like literally months pass, and I hadn't talked to him. But my talk show host, Sean Graham, encounter became really cool. So Sean calls me one day and says, hey, uh, you might want to have a conversation with Connor. And I was like, well, why? He said, because he found his dog dead and he kind of lost it and he's been tripping. And I'm like, oh, what the hell, right? Yeah. So I call him. He doesn't answer. Call him again. He doesn't answer. Finally, we talk. And he starts to run down the rest of the event. So imagine this. You are on your way to work to do a renovation on a property, right? And stop by the store, you know, to get you some water and a couple of snacks. And the guy in the store tells him, hey man, you know, I just saw the police up on your property, man, with lights and guns drawn. I don't know what's going on. So he hurry up, hops in his truck, heads back home. And when he gets there, um, he sees all these officers on his property, some in the tree line, some in the open field, all of them have their weapons drawn and all of them look kind of panicked. So he gets out. He's like, what the hell are y'all doing on my property? Why are you here? I don't understand what's going on. He's like, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. As he's approaching them, he notices that his dog is just laying in the middle of the field dead. Goes over to his dog. Now you understand this dog meant so much to this guy because literally for the past five years that I've known him, the only friend that I've known him to have is that dog, right? I never heard him talk about my buddies coming over for beers, you know, my homeboys coming to watch the game. Like, it was just him and his dog. Right. Um, to give some reference, some more reference about that day, let me pause right quick, and we're going to put a little stick pin in that. That same morning before he left to work, he let Jackson out of the house um, to go use the bathroom. The dog takes out the uh, back door running runs out into the tree line and starts barking and growling. He's thinking, well, you know, there's something out there in the tree line, but I don't think it's nothing bad. Calls the dog and the dog comes back. He locks his dog inside the house and goes about his business to work, right? Now, pick back up where we left off. We're back in the field. He's surrounded by these guys. All of them, their weapons are drawn, and he's looking at his dog laying there, right? Um, and so now he's thinking that they shot his dog, so he's pissed off, like, what the hell did y'all do to my dog? Why did you shoot my dog? They're telling him, listen, 
you know, we didn't shoot your dog. We came here to make sure you're safe. He was like, make sure I'm safe. What do you mean? Make sure I'm safe. Well, we wanted to make sure you were safe. Right. Right. He says, well, what's going on? Nobody wants to tell him what's actually happening, but he knows what's in the woods around his house. So he tells him, he says, listen, I know what's in the woods around here. Tell me what happened. Nobody's responding. Goes over to his dog and he notices there's literally blood everywhere. Like blood all on the ground, all surrounding his dog, but his dog is not bloody. There's not a drop of blood on his dog. Picks up his, picks up his dog, puts him on a tailgate of his truck, and, you know, is trying to talk to them some more. Like, look, tell me what's going on. Explain it to me. And he's a little pissed at this point in time. Those guys leave. As they're leaving, two more guys come from deeper in the woods. So he confronts them. Hey, man, you're on my property. I want to know what's going on. Why are you here? Their exact words are, oh, we wanted to make sure you were safe. We need to know that you were safe. He says, well, if you want to know I was safe, why are you in the woods? Why are you not in my house? He's like, why are you not checking the house? Um, then he asked the guy, hey, did you go in my house? Because my dog is outside. I locked the dog inside. He's like, no, sir, we didn't go in your house. We just wanted to make sure you were safe. Those guys leave, right? Now, he drives on up to his house, goes to the back door, and he notices there's this blood all over the back porch. Like, not a little bit of blood, but a lot of blood all over the back porch. Then he goes to turn the doorknob, um, and the doorknob is broken. Like, it's, you know, like somebody just twisted a lock and broke it, right? Right. Um, and so he goes through this rage period. He buries his dog, goes into the woods looking for dog man. Like literally goes um, first couple of nights. And this I'm condensing this because all this happened, like this in and out of the woods took place over four months. Cause he was silent for about three, four months. So he goes into the woods at night, you know, super high beam flashlight, AR 15, you know, 30 round drums. Um, and he wants to shoot these things. He goes into the woods, turns out the lights and sits. Right. And he was like, James, you know, they would circle me and come circle around me, but they would never come anywhere close to me. And he was like, I would sit there and be like, come on, y'all know you're here. Just bring your ass so we can get it over with. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, but they wouldn't come anywhere near him. So then he started going and sitting in tree stands, right? And they would circle him in the tree stands and they wouldn't do anything. And um, finally he figured, well, maybe it's because I have the gun. So I'm just going to go out here with a knife. This is how pissed off he was, man. So he goes out there with a knife, just a gigantic Bowie knife. Right. And, but they don't do anything. And he and I are talking. I'm like, well, man, you know, I think one of the psychological things about dog, man, is they love to intimidate and scare people. I said, but there's been a number of people that once they were fed up with the activity and they confronted them, nothing happened. And I said, I think, you know, it's the alpha male syndrome. As long as they believe they're the alpha, they have that advantage. But when you actually start to become the alpha, then they don't want none of the smoke. I said, I don't think they want it with you because they realize that you're willing to die and maybe they're not willing to die. Mm -hmm. And he was like, man, you know, that makes sense because the whole time when I was afraid of them, you know, they would do stuff. He's like, now that I'm not really afraid, they come around, but they don't really come super close. He's like, I'll go outside at night to my truck and I need to get something and I'll go out with my headlamp on and I'll go out with my um, super lumen flashlight and I'll see eye shine off in the distance, but it's nowhere near me. Mm. And so 
Um, he's got another dog now that he's kind of raising and bringing up. But I mean, we'll talk about a man that's pissed. Yeah. I, and I put it to you like this: if anybody gonna get a body of a, a dog, man, that's the guy. He gonna get one because <laughs> I'm telling you, because he has every piece of weaponry you can think of. And for the most part, he had been kind of managing things where he had an understanding. He knew where they were. He knew the hollows that they were in and um, and where not to go. Let me jump back into the story, right? So keep in mind, he's been in his house. Um, he's got his dog. Um, this is the same day when the, the dog is uh, on the back of the tailbed, the tailbed of the truck. He's got his dog there goes, buries the dog, and now he starts tracking the blood trail, right? right? So he leaves out, heads back into the woods. Significant part of what happened. He finds a trail that leads through the woods on the other side of his house out to the road where he can clearly tell that something was hit on the road, right? So it was hit on the road, traveled through the woods, literally up to his back doorstep where he's in, opened the door, in some kind of way, maybe him and his it and his dog had a confrontation. The dog was killed, right? right. So then he finds a blood trail that start that leads into the woods. It goes into the woods, down over into this deep hollow, back up a ridge, and over and down a cliff. He literally goes down the cliff into this other freaking hollow, which he had told me about for a long time. Like he would never go up in there. So he goes down in there and starts back up on the other side and he loses the trail. So he was like, well, James, you know, if we, if you're trying to follow a blood trail and you lose it, what you do is you make a circle. You see, so you go in a circle for 10 yards, then 20 yards, then 30 yards, then 40 yards. He said, man, I circled so much. He said, I don't know how many miles I walked. He said, but I couldn't find the blood trail. So I came, he said, so I came back home and just kind of let it go. Um, for a little while, got some rest, and then that's when he went out into the woods and actually started trying to confront them. Um, now, here's the significant, now that I've kind of told the whole story, there's a little bit at the beginning that I left off, so let me circle back. So let's go back to his beginning encounter. So there was what originally, what I believe originally started everything is this. Okay. He and his dog were out in the woods. They were just going for a stroll. And they go down in one of those hollows and the dog needs to urinate. So the dog starts urinating on a tree and then therefore he urinates on a tree, heads back to his house. That is the very first thing that happened before they started showing up on his property. I probably should have started with that, but I'm telling you guys straight off the top of my head, live from memory, this is five years old. Anybody who's a member of the dog waters family knows how long ago I did this. Right. So, what I believe happened from very beginning to the very end is this. I think that he went into their territory and marked their territory, territory, not knowing and understanding what he was doing, right? right. Yep. And they follow him home. They take interest in him, looking at him and watching him and seeing him, right? Because prior to this, he had never had anything like that on his route. Um, and so... Then it went from taking interest in him and his dog into trying to bait him into coming outside for a confrontation. That's why you had the beating on the van and the sneaking around. And so they were trying to bait him to come outside, which by that point in time, he and I had talked enough 
to where he knew, hey, man, these things are dangerous. You shouldn't, like, just be messing around with it, right? Right. Um, we moved from that to a time period where um, someone or some governmental entity came on that property and ran those things off. Either they retrieved them or maybe they just moved them out of the area. I don't know what the hell happened. But those men came to the property, were scanning the property. It was more than one. I want to say it was eight to ten of them total that were on the property. So some teams came out there either looking for them or came to retrieve them. That I'm not sure about. I, I can't put my finger on, on exactly which scenario it was. But it's one of those two options, right? Right. They go away for a while, a significant amount of time, and then they return. And what I think happened is, or what I know is, what I know happened is, um, a truck driver hit one of these creatures. And they hit the creature right not too far, like right up the road from his house, basically. And I believe whatever creature that it hit that morning, when his dog ran out of the front of the, out of the house and went to the woods and started growling and barking, I think his dog confronted, confronted that injured creature, right? He leaves and it goes to retrieve his dog. And then somewhere along the way, the authorities were involved and maybe they were told exactly what the guy saw and they knew what it was. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they, you know, his description met, you know, a certain description that they knew it wasn't a freaking bear. Because clearly you don't need that many guys out there for a bear, right? Yeah. And that's how it all played out. You know, it got his dog. And those guys were there either trying to track it or kill it or find it. I don't think they had found it. I think they were looking for it at that point in time. And they found the same scene that he found, you know? And I think maybe some of those guys were tracking the blood are tracking the blood trail when like the ones that were deeper in the woods, I think they were tracking the blood trail when they came out of the woods. Right. So there's a lot that you can glean from that encounter. I think more than anything, the one thing that I'd be more scared of is not whether it be a dog man or, you know, whatever it was out there, but the fact that there was groups out there looking for it, like, in the woods and just kind of roaming around the woods at night that in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. That in itself freaks me out more than anything else being in the woods because I know the having been in the military, the kind of people, the kind of people that you need to do that, you know, that kind of job and like, like the mentality that it takes to be out there and, you know, like those groups aren't supposed to exist, you know, for whatever reason. And they're out there in the middle of the night on your property walking around. And the fact that you actually saw them is, would make me more scared that you would actually see them out there. And, you know, they know that you've seen them. So that would make me more scared than anything else. Well, what threw me off was the fact that he confronted them right. and they retreated the first time. Um, and then later that night, he confronted one pretty much head on outside his back door, shotgun pointing to the guy's back. I mean, they're within feet of each other. And the way he described this guy's reaction was, he's like, man, this dude acted like I didn't have that shotgun pointed at him. Right. He's like, it, it was like, it didn't bother him at all. And I was like, yeah, that's probably some of our super duper badass guys. You know what I'm saying? 
Something like like they, he probably knew somebody had, you know, had your brains in a scope somewhere else about to pop your head open, you know? <laughs> or the fact that, that whatever was out in the woods they were looking for was probably an even bigger. Was way more dangerous than him with that shotgun. Yep, he didn't even think about it. He's just like, yeah, man, you can go ahead and do whatever you're doing. <laughs> We've got bigger problems out here. Right. Yeah, that's that's a crazy story. Just the fact that you know if they're out there looking for something, that's that's crazy. And they're out there in the woods looking for something. Yeah. Which is crazy, man. So that was the most frightening thing to me was those guys just weren't afraid. I don't understand that. I'm pretty sure they, they are some of the toughest guys we have. Now let's pause right there. We're going to put a, we're going to put a bookmarker in that and we're going to jump forward to another story yep. where these guys show up again. And we'll give you some good stuff tonight. Cause I listened to the last interview it was good, but it wasn't as good as it could have been. Right. right. Um, same exact crew of people, same green lights on another man's property. And I, if I'm not mistaken, both these guys are in Kentucky. Yeah, they both are in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And this guy has a property where he goes out and he likes to shine deer at night and shoot them and do what he does. It's his personal property. goes out and he admitted to me, he said, man, listen, there's a lot of freaky stuff that happens on this property. There's like, you hear a woman crying in the woods at night. Nope. Um, uh, he's like, it's haunted. He's like, and I'm used to hearing the crying. He's like, but what I experienced that night was nothing I ever experienced before. And I was like, well, what, what happened? He says, well, I'm out there. I hear the woman crying in the distance and I'm cool. I'm not tripping. Um, he says, but I'm walking and I get this feeling like something's coming up on me. And I'm like, well, describe the feeling. He's like, you know how someone brushes past you and they make a wind? Like if someone was to run past you, it kind of has where the, the air in the environment moves. Yeah. And, he, I, and I was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He was like, well, it was that exact feeling. He said, for the, except for it was so fast that I've never experienced anything like that. He said, then he starts to hear something like up in a tree, like something's literally climbing up into the trees. Hmm. And he's looking up, shining his light, but he can't really see anything. Well, um, a few minutes after that, he starts to hear this growling and running coming in his direction. Like literally like this, he said, man, he said, I don't know what that was that was coming my way, but whatever it was, it was ridiculously big and it was growling and it's coming straight at me. Right. He said, understand it's pitch black out here. There's you know, like, I'm in the woods. There's nothing out here. No light source whatsoever, but the moonlight. Um, he said, but it's pitch black and something's running towards me. So I start going in the opposite direction, kind of backing away. Now, if, to paint the picture kind of to make you guys understand the clearing where he was going to shine and where he was shining is right in front of in front, in front of him, right? There's a clearing. And then on the other side of that, there's the trees and like a tree line. Right. So the right of him is where the clearing kind of circles around, but there's a tree line and he's like right on the edge of it. So imagine like you, there's a circle and you're on one side of the circle and then that noise is coming from the opposite side. But then on the right, on your right hand side, there he starts to see these green lights moving towards him in the woods. And he said, James, man, it was literally like a line, a row of green lights in the tree line. Hmm. And I said, so was that not your property? Was it someone else's property in that area over there? He's like, no, 
all of this is my property. I'm like, okay, that's freaky and weird. Well, why were these? I, and at this point in time, he didn't know what the green lights were. Right. He didn't, well, to be specific, he didn't know I knew what those lights were, right? right. And so I'm waiting on his kind of description of what's going to come next because I don't want to, you never want to tell a witness what you know prior to them kind of disclosing what they know. Because if they're lying, then they kind of just build on the information that you've given them, right? right? So they'll build their lie on top of your truth. So I um I say, well, man, what happened with the lights? He says, well, I start to circle back to the trail um, that I came up. And he said, the problem is that that trail that I got to take loops back around and in the direction of those little green lights that were coming out my way. So I turn off my headlamp. He said, I turn off my flashlight. And I'm just moving slowly through the woods, but I got to circle in that direction to get back to my vehicle, to get all the way back home. And he says, as I get closer and closer, I realize that these are men walking on my property in the middle of the night with these helmets on with these green dots on top of them. Hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so this is the same crew of people and something weird is going on. I don't tell him this. So, I'm just thinking this, right? So like real quick, is it like green dot? Like like green like LED lights or something on top of the helmet or is it like night vision? LED lights on LED lights on top the helmet, not okay. night vision. Okay. LED lights on top the helmets, okay. uh, and and that's what I asked him because I was like, "Oh, those night vision goggles." Right. He's like, "Nah, this was just a green light on, like that's a green cool. LED on top of the helmet." And that's the same thing Connor said. It was no night vision. It was just a green LED. Now I don't. Do you know what the green LED is for? It's probably like, um, so like when you're designating targets, like in the military at night, so like those, like those laser sights that they have on the rifles, you can like mm-hmm. mark a target and whoever's flying like the gunship or like, like a drone, they can see what you're pointing at like at, at night. So there was probably something monitoring them on the, like from the air. And those are just like little markers so they can see that it's them and not like somebody else so that way oh so whatever right so someone's monitoring okay that makes sense so that's how they track them from the air right that makes a lot of sense yeah because like sometimes if you're using like some of them have rifles with like these like these little lasers that you can't see with the naked eye but when you have the night vision on you can see the lasers so that's just like little strobe lights that I mean, I don't know why anybody else would be able to see them, but if if somebody was watching them from the air, they'd be able to tell who's who. And, you know, that's them. So it's definitely is some type of operation going on there, and that's yeah. what I kind of figure. I just I've never been in the military. I don't know about the freaking helmets, and I don't know none of that stuff. I just know that this is crazy. So listen to this. He's circling back down the trail, but he's got to go in their direction. And he realizes he's going to be in between two of these guys. And he gets a good glimpse at one of them. And he said, man, this dude is huge. He's like, homeboy was big, like stupid big, like way big. And he's six, when he say six, six, he said, man, this guy was way bigger than me. He said, he wasn't super tall, but he was like, he was big, man. He was, he was the rock size big. Like he wasn't no you know, normally your your military guys are slim, trim, able to run. Like, you know, I know a couple of contractors down here. They're in great shape, but they're not massively muscular. You know what I'm saying? They are lean, mean fighting machines, right? Um, and he's like, these dudes big, man. 
And I said, well, did you say anything to him? He was like, man, I didn't, I wanted to, but I didn't know that was the best thing to do. So I just kind of kept still and tried to work my way past him. And he said, I realized that there was another one coming up behind me. So I just took off running to my truck and got the hell out of there. All right. So he gets out of there, comes back the next night. I mean, sorry, the next day. Come back the next day, goes to the exact same spot where he was, looks at the tree, and you can clearly see where something had climbed climbed up that tree. I mean, clawed its way up that tree, the tree he was standing next to, right, when it all started. Um, and you could see where it tore the bark off the tree all the way up to the top. And then he started walking, looking for prints to see if he could find prints of whatever this thing was that went up into the tree. Instead, he found boot prints. And the boot prints were, in his exact words, he was like, dude, these dudes had feet the size of Shaquille O'Neal. He was like, we were talking about 18, 19 foot boot prints. And I was like, that's not possible. He said, I'm telling you what I, I saw. He said, I'm telling you, I measured it. Um, and this is what they were. He's like, the smallest one I saw was 15. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I'm not sure exactly who they are or why they're there. Um, so we're, but looking, we're looking at like super soldier type stuff. Cause that's um, what I'm thinking we're looking at. Yeah. And that would explain why. And this is the problem. No, this is not the problem. This is why you have to have multiple data points when you talk about certain stories, you got to get a story from one witness who encountered something. And then you need to get a story from another witness and another, because as you get more of the encounters, it's like a puzzle that starts to come together. Now let's jump back to Connor's encounter, right? Let's jump back, you know, to that. He said he had the Saga 12 shotgun pointed at the guy's back. The dude acted like he wasn't scared or worried about it. Well, that would explain the size of these guys would explain why they really weren't worried about him shooting them with a shotgun. To me, that's what makes sense is that um, if we're talking about some type of super soldier, that's either handling dog man or hunting dog man, you got to be a pretty big dude, strong dude. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that at the end of the day, that's probably what's going on. They have some special team, that's job is to either hunt down cryptids and kill cryptids or to keep tabs on cryptids. But it can't be a guy like me and you going out in the woods to do that. These guys are special in more ways than one. Yeah, and it, it's funny that you speak of this now because the last episode that we had uh, with Mr. Gilbert, so we were speaking about military units, or I was at least towards the end of that show, uh, about military units that actually handle, like you said, cryptids, um, like weird stuff like aliens or like demons or any kind of spiritual stuff like that on that end. Um, and I've heard the name floated around a lot, like especially overseas. Um, it's called, I think they're called Battalion M is what I was hearing. Um, now, I, I've never seen anybody that's been associated with them. I don't have proof that they exist, but I've heard contractors speak with them, uh, speak about them that they're, you know, that they're actually out there and it's people that go. Wait, what's their name again? Battalion M? M. Yeah. M. And that's just like the people, they come from all, they're just not just one group. They come from like the Marines, their SEALs, their uh, Air Force, their Army guys. And they just come into that one group and that's just what they deal with. 
and I've heard that name floated around a lot in, in like different circles and stuff. Um, but like I said, I've never seen anybody that's been associated. I've never, I don't have any kind of proof that they exist, but you know, those are just the things, you know, that you hear, especially like overseas. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, I have no doubt that I can't prove it that they're actually out there. Well, I have a guy that I can call in the morning and if there's a battalion M I can call him in the morning and he'll be able to tell me about it. Cause that dude there is ridiculous yeah. with his connection. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah. And I will be calling him in the morning. Um, so that is the longest running dog man encounter that I have. And those are Connor's encounters combined with that other guy's encounter. And I think the things that we draw from it is the most significant thing that we can draw from it is, um, Either there's a group of people that hunt them, right, and hunt them down, or there's a group of people that control them. I'm not sure which one. I'm not claiming to know which one. Yeah. If I'm leaning on one side or the other, I'm leaning towards they control them and maybe they're using them to hunt something else. Because think about it. What sense does it make for a dog man, like the genetically modified version of dog man to exist? We know that there's been heavy genetic modification done, you know, period. We know throughout history that's been done. We know that China is the hub for all genetic modification. You can look up uh, articles in China where they're making the perfect genetically modified, perfect child right now. Right? right. Anybody who doesn't believe me, go look it up. You'll find it. So if China's doing it, they they are light years behind what we can do in America. We know this, right? Yeah. They had to have all the technology turned over to them by the Clintons when Bill Clinton was president in order for them to get a freaking rocket. They needed to get stuff from the USA. So yeah. we know we're light years ahead of China. So the question really boils down to why would we kind of modify something like that? And what would it be used for? And the only thing I can think of is there's something way worse than dog man. Dog man is being used for. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. So the way worse thing is what I'm focused on now to try and figure out what it is. <laughs> I've had two stories about something way worse, but I want, I, and I've told those stories, but I'm waiting on this third story that this guy shared with me. I'm waiting on him to either screw up and lie to me hmm. or to get the final confirmations that he's telling the truth. He and I have been talking for about a month now. Right. And the story hasn't changed. I've injected all kind of foolishness in the story and it keeps correcting me, but I got to keep on kind of hammering away at him to see if it's true. But there's got to be something way worse than that. The dog man out here in order for them to be using them in the way I believe they're using them. It's got to be something way worse. Cause imagine did you, you saw the footage of the uh, Fort Pierce dog man, right? Where yeah. it ran across the screen, right? Mm-hmm. So you saw how fast that was, right? In talking about a millisecond or a split second, this thing ran across the screen. Why in the hell do you need something that fast? Yeah, to catch something faster. <laughs> Thank you, to catch something faster. So um, now that's going super duper deep in the dog, man, right there, bro. No, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, they definitely use, I mean, there's there's definitely something out there. It's, what's worse than like a dog man or maybe you know I, i've heard stories that they like fight against bigfoots you know or whatever but there's also stories of like people seeing things in the woods that look like freaking predator with like that little 
freaking silhouette like in the woods and stuff like that so i mean it's oh yeah that's yeah. definitely out there yeah it's 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 crazy that they would need to make something that vicious and fast like you mentioned to be hunting other things down it just like you said it's it's scary to think what else is out there that they're looking for yeah i mean and i've said it over and over again there's this fascination with dog man right now that's cool i'll play you know i play ball and play into the hands of it but when you really think about it, what the hell else is out there that these things are being used for? Because there's clear evidence that they're being used. I don't know if it's for tracking or fighting, but it's clear evidence that they're being used. And what I want to get to is the bottom of what's out there. Because, you know, great, Dogman exists. We know it exists. We know it exists. We've seen the photos. We've seen the video. But what else is there? And I'm going to get to the bottom of that. That's kind of my mission right now. Depending on how dangerous it is, decides we'll decide, you know, if I'm going to disclose the information that I come up with. But that's my mission right now. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, like I mentioned, the fact that what we think are super soldiers that are you know, out there maybe tracking it or trying to control it, you know, whatever. Maybe they were actually hunting something else and the dog man was just kind of like, you know, like their dog that they take with them when they go hunting, you know, or whatever. But there was definitely, if they weren't hunting the, that freaking dog man, they were hunting something else out there. And, um, you know, they just probably unleashed that freaking dog man out there. And it was, it was hunting or something. But I mean, the fact that if we think super soldiers are out there, it's, um, that just kind of, I wouldn't say verifies, but it kind of lends, some kind of sub- substance to the fact that there's other other kind of monsters, you know, out there, like in the woods or even not in the woods, but like underwater, you know, wherever. And um, there's other people out there looking for them for whatever reason. Maybe no, absolutely. Trying to hunt them. And in that scenario, I'm sorry. No, you're good. But in, go ahead. No, no, you're good. <laughs> no, I was going to say in that scenario, the last one I told you about the guy on his property that heard the kind of woman crying in the woods. Mm-hmm. Clearly the growling was coming from across the other side of that clearing. And the guys were coming from his right, walking in a straight line for the most part. So when, when I kind of just drew it out on paper, it was, it was kind of like a search party in my mind, because think about it. I got a row of guys walking towards me and then I got, something huge growling and running towards me from head on. So to me, it seemed like it was them pushing in one direction with the dog man coming towards whatever that thing was in a tree. And um, so I I just think they're out there using them to hunt. I think that's what it is. Um, Maybe. I don't know. It's kind of hard to be definitive on it, but they got to be using them for something, man. And I'm leaning towards they're using them to hunt something else. Yeah, hunting parties, yeah. And it's, you know, it, like we mentioned um, when I brought up the fact that there was groups overseas that were doing the same thing, you know, they, especially in like those, in like Afghanistan and like other countries like that where they're just historically known to be places where there's like demons and angels and giants and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It makes, it makes sense that, that, you know, that they'd be out there but to like actually hear of cases where they'd be like here in the States or whatever, that's, I mean, it's, it's not rare, but it's just, you kind of don't really hear about it. So um, 
Well, I'll tell everybody one thing. There's, you can definitely, definitely know for a fact that um, there's a whole bunch of weird stuff on this planet that people are searching for because when they released the Hillary Clinton emails, one of the things they discovered in Hillary Clinton's emails was that she was trying to figure out where the tomb of Gilgamesh was. Right. She was inquiring about that tomb. Now, most people don't know who Gilgamesh is or was, but Gilgamesh was the same person as Nimrod out of the Bible. Right. Nimrod was the person that had the Tower of Babel, right? right? So if Hillary Clinton is looking for Nimrod, <laughs> then that just lends credence to a whole bunch of stuff um, that I would say we would have to believe to be true. Because we're talking about people in our government looking for something that it was documented in the Bible. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I, when I heard that, I was like, that's deep. That's so freaking deep. That is insane. Because if the government knows where Nimrod's tomb is and where he was buried, right. then you can go back all the way to Genesis 6 and run through all of that about the fallen angels sleeping with the daughters of men and corrupting everything in God's creation yeah. and um, meaning genetically modifying everything that he originally created, whether it be, you know, aliens did it or actual fallen um, angels did it. To me, a fallen angel would be considered an alien to anybody who ran across him. Right. But yeah. either way it goes, um, it just validates all the stuff that was going on back in those days and you know nowadays we're in an environment where people used to say that the things that we are talking about you know are crazy but you know no longer are we in the days where it's crazy it's pretty much par for the course right now crazy is par for the course so um we're living in interesting times we're living in very interesting times my friend yeah definitely more so now i mean it's things are escalating rapidly especially now that you know the elections are coming up things are getting crazier there's a lot more crazy crap out there in the world that is either being awakened because it's supposed to be and it's just the time or there are just people like you mentioned like hillary that are looking for it for a reason and they're trying to bring shit back that we don't need on the earth but you know it's it's going to be coming and you know like i mentioned i was like i said our last show that we had like wednesday i believe it was um you know, we were talking about the book of enoch and um and the fact that, you know, like all the giants and the Nephilim and stuff like that, you can find a lot of them overseas, like in the, those areas like Afghanistan, Iran, stuff like that. And I, one of the theories that I had put out to him was that maybe we weren't really in those areas of the world for like the poppy fields or the oil or any of that other nonsense. Yep. But that we were just in that area of the world to try to find those things. And we were trying to, you know, make sure we get our hands on them first or we're trying to open some kind of tomb or some crap. Um, and that's really what my whole theory on, on, on that, you know, cause even since 2000, what, 2001, when it kind of all started and we're still there and, you know, and it's just crazy that we've been in that part of the world for so long and it doesn't look like we're going to be getting out anytime soon, even though they say we are, but there's always going to be some kind of presence out there and, it definitely wasn't over oil or any of that crap. So, no, I think you're right. I mean, you, you have to go back and be a his, not a historian, but a lover 
of history or a connoisseur of history to understand that there was Operation Paperclip, there was Operation High Jump. Um, during the Iraq War, the very first Iraq War, they raided Saddam Hussein's private museum or the Museum of Iraq and took all kinds of artifacts. So and when I say they, I mean the U.S. military did. So it's clearly something else going on out here that we're not privy to. Right. I would love to know, but part of me is like, and eh, maybe we don't need to know. But <laughs> if somebody could tell me in private, I would love to kind of get the information. But I think there's a lot more going on um, than well, we know there's a lot more going on that's been disclosed. The scary thing is, um, if if um, just let's just say that the rumors are true of the things that are out there, that means that. 90, probably 90, 95% of world history that we know is fake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Literally means 95% of world history is fake. Now that's a scary thing. Um, and it's all hidden from us. So I don't know. Interesting times, interesting topics, but as far as that dog man is concerned or werewolf buddy boy, um, I think we kind of got to the bottom of what he's up to and what he's out there for. Yeah, definitely. And and that was, so those areas were in Kentucky, right? Is that what you said? Yep, in Kentucky. Man, there's a lot of hills out there, a lot of a lot of country, a lot of woods. It's, uh, I mean, who knows Dude, out there? so many dog man encounters come from Kentucky in those hollows. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, so many of my encounters have come from that area. And you got to realize that I only tell the ones that people allow me to tell. Yeah. Like the off-book encounters, some of those are just terrifying. People being dragged down into hollows, watching their friend that was with them hunting being dragged down into a hollow. And they're like, what the hell? Like, you know, then going to the authorities and telling the authorities, and they say, well, there's nothing we can do. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, man. Yeah. Like, they, they say, hey, man, there's nothing we can do. We're not going to find him. Yeah, literally. It's, I wouldn't want to go out there either, man. I'm sorry about your friend, but yeah, what do you think I can do about it? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I, it's crazy stuff that I've heard and I've talked to people about. And some of the stuff is so crazy, I don't really like to repeat it because um, it'll get to the point to where people are saying, well, man, you're lying. And I know I can't get that witness to come forward and support me in the story because they're frightened and they're afraid to to really speak out, you know. Um, so I'd rather not tell the story because now I'm out there on jumping out the window by myself. Yeah. And when I say, Hey, I need you to come and corroborate my story. They're going to be like, no, that's yeah. the beauty of what I do. The stories that I do tell, if someone was to say, well, Doug Waters, you're lying. Okay. Hold on. Let me call this guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me get him on the phone yeah. and let him repeat what I just repeated to you. And it's happened a couple of times on interviews where I was live. And there was a call-in show, and I'll tell a story, and the person will call back, hey, man, you told my story almost correct. You left out this part. And I'll be like, well, didn't we agree to leave that out? And yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. We agreed. Okay, now, and I'll be shut up, and they'll get off the phone. So, <laughs> Hey, yeah. Well, yeah, man, it's, it's great. It's, these, uh, this whole freaking dogman thing is just crazy. It's, I mean, I'd like to get down to the bottom of it as well, but I don't. I think I want to have too much information. Like you said, it's, I don't want to know like who's in charge of them, who's making them or whatever, you know, where they come from. But 
like you said, if somebody wants to tell me as well, I'm all ears. I'm not going to tell your secret to nobody. Just <laughs> it'll be between us, and that's it. <laughs> and I um, also I, I took a board position on this new project called DogmanCams.com. I think this is going to be an interesting project for the whole paranormal realm because they're targeting active dogman, Bigfoot areas um, and Wendigo areas, which I don't know how the hell they're going to get into an area with a Wendigo. That means you need to go on to Native American property, but hey, that's up to them. Um, But they're going to target those areas with 24-hour streaming cameras. And it's no game because they want me to put a camera down here in New Orleans. Actually, they want this is how crazy these dudes are. They want me to put a camera in Dogman territory down here, which I got some of my friends to agree to go with me to put it up, and they're going to pay me to do that. Then they want me to sneak into Jazzland Themes Park and put a camera in there, which Jazzland has all kinds of stupid, crazy stuff go on because it's an abandoned theme park. And it was like, look, we'll pay you a thousand dollars to put up each camera. I'm like, uh, I'll take the thousand for the first one. The second one, I don't know, but maybe I'll find some, you know, some guys to go out there and do it. Do it, but man. they're serious, you, man. You need an extra gun. Let me <laughs> let me know. <laughs> do it, do it. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll be on down there. Shoot, in a heartbeat. Yeah, man. man, these guys are serious. So I know they have a camera going up in Fort Pierce. Right. Um, I put them in contact with Connor today to put a camera in Kentucky by Connor, which I don't think he's going to have a problem with that at all, because as long as he can see the stream, I think he'll be happy to have a camera on his property. Sure. Um, I know they're consulting with Linda Godfrey to get cameras in the area. I don't think they're going to get on Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. but I think they're going to get one on the property next to Skinwalker Ranch. So these guys not playing, bro. They, they dead serious. Like they're going for it. Um, going for it to where you can log in and pick a camera and watch it that that's about to be insane um and when they talked to when they first approached me about it and first uh wanted to get my opinion on it i was like man i think it's genius i was like because the biggest you know uh problem in the community is people say oh we should have got them on video we should have got them on a trail camera we should have evidence but nobody's actually really coordinated an attack to actually to go out and get evidence. It's always been relying on getting uh, evidence by happenstance or by chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody's actually said, okay, I'm going to go get evidence, but I'm not going to put myself in an environment where I'm going to get killed, but I'm going to go out there and get evidence. So could you imagine they put up a camera and then something turns the camera? Like, come on. Or something comes and block. Oh my God, it's going to be insane. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be crazy. You know, the fact that, <clears throat> that they're going to be trail cameras and stuff like that. Like it would be hopefully somebody somewhere would be wise enough to know that they should put them high enough, hopefully, you know, <laughs> so that they're just not like on the ground level. Cause I mean, it's kind of, if, if, if a dog man walks up on one, it's not going to be from the front, obviously, if they know, you know, exactly what they are i'm sure they would they would know you know what's a camera and what's not but they just walk up behind you and just rip it off the tree or something or like other animals like bears or whatever but um hopefully somebody is actually smart enough you know that they actually put them high enough hopefully so if they do actually climb up towards the cameras you know you'd actually be able to see something climbing up the tree or whatever but 
That's definitely going to be interesting. Well, these aren't trail cameras because I got one because okay. I got to go out there. It's uh, it's a, a security camera that's connected to 4G wireless network. So it's nice. a cellular network wireless security camera that feeds into an app that is solar powered. So because okay. um, my agreement was, hey, man, I'm going to put this out there. If you need me to go back, you have to pay me more money. And it's like, <laughs> now nah, you're not going to need to go back. You know, once you get it set up, you're not going to need to go back. I said, okay. But if you need me to go back, you have to pay me more money, man. I'm not playing. He's like, no, no, no. You're not going to have to go back. You just got to follow the instructions, put it up the right way, make sure it gets the sunlight so they can charge and we'll be fine. I was like, all right, I could do that. I just got to get some people to go with me. And um, it took forever to get people to go with me because I had to find close friends and explain it to them, then tell them what dog man is and tell them why we need weapons and tell them why we need ladders and why we need to get there uh, uh, four by four and uh, go out there. And they're like, all right, we'll go. You know, I'll go with you, bro. I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm not going by myself. You leave me out there, this camera won't ever get put up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I got to go by myself. I'll ship it back to you in the mail, bro, because I'm not doing it. You know, I'm just not doing it. So mm, I'll, be, I'll definitely be interested to see who they, uh, if they bring that out this way to Texas, like where, you know, where that's going to be. Uh, you know, if they have any plans to do that, but it's I'll definitely be watching those cameras for sure. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people watching those cameras. Um, I do have witnesses that I could hook them up with in Texas, but they hadn't asked me about Texas. I think they're focused on now is trying to get one in Australia on some Aboriginal land, Aboriginal land or Aboriginal land, um, right. which has a lot of dog man activity. Um, and that was the last thing I, I talked to him about. It's like, yeah, we're trying to get one in Australia and we're trying to work to deal with the guy and the landowner and the landowner's cool, but the guy that we have to put it out there is scared. Um, he doesn't like going. And I was like, well, I can understand that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's a coward for not wanting to go turn his back to the woods and climb up a tree and put something in a tree, man. You know, you're <laughs> definitely going to be vulnerable while you're doing this. <laughs> yeah it's not a game you know yeah it's not like playing playstation so i can understand so i, I anticipate that taking the industry by storm um i know they've talked to dave schrader from darkness radio and mm-hmm. the hoser hoser files which is on travel channel so they're not playing yeah. i tell you that much they're not playing <laughs> definitely they're not playing it'd definitely be interesting to to see when that all goes up, we start watching these woods, see what's what's going on out there. <laughs> I mean, who knows? You mm-hmm. might not even be like a dog man. You they might be catching other stuff out there. So yeah. Man, down here ain't no telling what they're gonna catch. I <laughs> can tell you now, it's way more than just dog man in that area. Because um, I got a story emailed to me from a guy here locally mm. who grew up in that same area, and he used to deliver papers in the morning as a teenager. <laughs> And he described something like a um, what you like a, a pale white man running after him from out of the woods. He's like just a skinny, pale white guy. He's like, but it wasn't like a normal white guy. So it's like, man, he was bald headed. He was like his like super pale. His bones, well, you could see his bones through his skin, like um, like he had been starved to death, and he just was chasing after him. He's like, man, I was on my bike riding like I was the wind because this man came running out of the woods chasing me 
and he dropped down on all fours and ran on all fours for a while and then ran up on two legs. And that's the second time I've heard, I called them the runners. Mm -hmm. I don't know what exactly they are, but there was another story a long time ago. I did this. I mean, this had to be in 2015, man, or 2000, yeah, maybe 2016. Um, there was this couple on a lakefront here in New Orleans. There's a point out on our lakefront, um, right on the line of Orleans Parish and Jefferson Parish. There's a lighthouse, and then there's this kind of circular point. And in that area, um, there's a row of houses, which are boathouses. But in front of all those boathouses is like this just area, space of land that leads up to the lake, right? Right. And if you park far enough, farther enough up from the street, you know, you can have some privacy and make out with your chick and nobody can see you. Uh-huh. It's just pure darkness. And I, I remember them telling me that story about sitting in the car, making out and seeing this man running, a pale dude with clothes on running, but like galloping on his, um, using his hands. You know how those park parkour runners kind of yeah, yeah. will run and they'll jump and they'll reach out and land on their hands and then yeah. kick off with their legs? The dude ran like that. That's how he moved the entire time. Um, and he literally ran right in front of their vehicle, stopped about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 15 feet, not yards, 15 feet off the front right side of the vehicle, stood up, looked around, didn't see him, didn't see them in a car, dropped back down and took off running again. The crazy thing was the direction this guy was running, the only thing left to do was go into the freaking, the lakefront, like into the water. There was nothing you can do in that direction. Like it wasn't like it curved and went anywhere. It's like you run straight into the lake. Hmm. Yeah, man. You know so, what? Funny that you say that because um, <clears throat> I had a, this one, I mean, I was, this was way back when I was like 11 years old. So well, I'm 35 now. So that was a long time ago. But um, <clears throat> so I used to walk home after school all the time and there was nobody at home. It was, I would, I'd be like the first one to get home. Everybody else was like at school or at work still, you know? So um, I remember walking up to my front door and my front door was like a path and walked up to the front door. And when you got to the front door, there was, the front door and we had a large window like right in front of the house that was right next to the door and right in front of the window there was a bush and it covered most of the window but it left like a little like a, a little gap in between the door they, they, like if you were on the inside of the house you'd be able to look out and see who was out there um so i remember walking up to the front door and i opened up the slide door on the outside and i had the key and i was about to put the key into the door so i could unlock it and I was looking down for some reason, and like out of the corner of my eye, on the left-hand side, I noticed movement. Like if somebody had moved the curtain open and was looking out the, you know, like out, out the window to see who was at the, at the door. Um, and I kind of froze because I knew that at that time I was supposed to be the only one that was getting home. You know, like my mom was at work, everybody else was at school and stuff like that. So I'd be the first one home. <clears throat> so I didn't even think like like oh you know maybe I'm my mom's home or whatever because her car wasn't even there um so i f- froze and i remember seeing this out of the corner of my eye and i kind of like looked up slowly and just like you said a white something like a white face all white 
even the eyes were white and it wasn't like it was like you could see the pupil or anything it was just all white lips were all white like everything was matching and it was just staring at me through the curtain or like with the curtain pulled back oh hell no and so i was just looking at it and i didn't know what to do or like what to say or anything i didn't even like scream or anything i was so scared and i just stood there for maybe like a minute or so and then I just kind of backed up slowly. And the whole time I was backing up, I was walking backwards and I was still staring at it. And all the way till I got to the sidewalk, it was just, it was just there. And it was just staring at me the whole time. So I just walked like off down the street a little bit. And I stayed out there for like another hour and a half until my mom came home. <laughs> she was like, what are you doing out here? And I was like, there's something in the house. I'm not going in there. Like I, like I didn't want to go in. So my mom was like, she didn't give a shit. She didn't care. She was just like, let's go and see what the hell is going on in here or whatever. So she like went inside the house and there was nothing there. But like, I swear for like the next two weeks or so, I did not go home alone. Like I waited outside until somebody came home. And it was just like the scariest thing I'd ever seen up until that point. It was, it was crazy. Nah, bro, that's, um, that's scary, dog. That's like stupid scary. Like, especially being a kid, that's that's oh no nobody no 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 not for me buddy i'm not going so, in the house when you see the, like the white guy you know with the white face i was just like oh quick flashback that's what i'm boom everything was white right like there yeah. was like everything yeah, that's a, the exact description like you can see everything except for the one on the lakefront had clothes on his other guy was just naked just running yeah and it was weird because like i didn't see like anything else it was just like the head looking out from behind the curtain and it was just like the face. There was no hair. It was all bald, just white. Even the eyes were all white. Like it all matched all the way through. And you could see like, like all the bone structure and stuff, but like it didn't blink. Or yeah, that's what I'm like. Yeah. Like you could see exactly. That's the description. I don't know what the hell that is. Like I thought it was a crawler, like the night crawler, but it, it's not crawling, dude. It's running, walking, and and galloping. So it ain't the night crawler. The night crawler is supposed to be something that like crawls on some stupid legs and arms that are too short. No, these SOBs will run you down. And I don't know what that is, dude. Could it be like the rake? Have you heard of the rake before? Yeah, I've heard of the rake, but I thought the rake was fake. And I, I never, I've never known the rake to be real. I mean, maybe, maybe. When I started hearing rake stories, I was like, whatever, that ain't real. Yeah. <laughs> but, it just, it just it all fits. came from creepy pasta people, you know. It never came from mm. like real researchers. Like I would think that you, someone would saw a rake in the woods. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like a real investigator, nobody's ever described that to me. Then today, um, I'm at this place in the hood. This is the hood, hood in New Orleans, right? Mm. Called uh, Chicken and Watermelon. This is how hood it is. This place has more people get murdered outside of it. It's, it's insane. Anyway. Mm. Um, I'm headed over to the, um, what do you call it? The cricket wireless next door to that place. And, um, I'm talking to the guy in cricket wireless, um, because I had to get a different SIM card than the one they sent me for that camera. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling the guy in cricket wireless, what the camera's for and blah. He's like, man, you know, that's great. I will watch that. Da, 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 da. This dude tells me that they broke inside of Charity Hospital here in New Orleans. Now, to make you understand, Charity Hospital has been closed since Hurricane Katrina. 
they broke in and went exploring inside the hospital. So I'm talking to him, I'm like, dude, you lying. His name was Mo. I'm like, Mo, you lying. He's like, nah, I'm telling you, me and my friends did it like two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm like, I don't believe you. Call your friends. So he called his boy. And his boy's uh, in their, um, I don't know, Middle Eastern is the proper way to describe them. I'm not sure exactly where they're from in the Middle East, but they got the heavy Middle Eastern accents. Right. And so his friend is like, uh, who is this I'm talking to? Like, you know, yeah, and he's yeah. like, this is Dark Waters. You know, he's on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what do you want? I'm like, I just want to know if you guys went into charity hospital. Yes, we went in. Well, what did you experience? Because I wanted him to verify what Mo was saying. He was like freaky things, like stuff falling in rooms that no one was in the room. No one's in the hospital. Doors closing, slamming, chairs rolling. So I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And so Mo goes on to tell me, he's like, dude, we got to the, and these guys are not from New Orleans, so they don't know the history of the hospital. So he says, man, we got to the third floor of the hospital. And he was like, dude, doors were closing, like stuff was falling over that just made no sense for it to fall. And he was like, there was one chair that was moving, like we were watching it move. And I was like, well, you know, the third floor of Charity Hospital was the mental ward, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm not from here. I'm like, yeah, the third floor of Charity Hospital, two things that Charity Hospital was known for, treating gunshot and bullet wounds. It was the best gunshot bullet wound hospital in literally the United States because that's how many people got shot and murdered here in New Orleans, right? Yeah. And then the third floor, which is where they kept all the mental hospital, I mean, the mental patients. And he was like, we were on the third floor. And I'm like, yeah, you were with the crazies. I said, you know how many crazies probably died in there? And he's like, we're going back. I was like, hey, man, I'll pay y'all to take a camera with y'all if y'all go back and give me the footage. And so we started trying to negotiate. And he was like, well, I want to talk to my friends and, and we're going to see. I said, well, I'll come back tomorrow. We're going to cut a deal. So I'm going to go back tomorrow and sit down with him and see if I can cut a deal with them to bring some cameras in there and give me the footage because they're going to catch something. And I promise you, they're going to get it on film. And it's going to be epic. Because he was like, well, will you come with us? I said, hell, hell to the no. no. Heck no. Hell to the no, 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 no. Not doing it. Because... <laughs> The one time I tried to go, and I don't know how they did it because the security is so tight. The one time I tried to go just to get to the doors, there was a security guard outside. And when I crossed the street, this dude tells me, you can't be on this side of the street on a sidewalk. I said, man, if you don't get out of my face, I'm telling you, you got to get on the other side of the sidewalk. I said, bro, this is America. I can walk on the sidewalk. He was like, I'm telling you. He started putting his hand on his taser. I said, boy, you, you pull that taser. I'm going to beat you upside your head for assaulting me on the sidewalk. I'm telling you right now, this is going to end bad. Yeah. He was like, listen, man, you don't know how many people try and get in this hospital, man. Just go on the other side of the sidewalk, dog. Just If you want to take pictures, take out. So it's okay. I'll go across the street and take the pictures. But clearly, people have been trying to go in there because he was so aggressive. It was like, dude, we about to fight because you're trying to punk me out here in these streets. And uh, we're not having that. You know, yeah. I'm not talking to me like I'm a child, man. Uh, so is it like they have like like a bunch of gates around it and stuff like that where you, you can't even get close to it? Oh, there's an entire fence. This I don't know how they. There's an entire fence around the whole building. That building takes up an entire city block in downtown New Orleans. Put it to you like this: If you're looking at a map of New Orleans, there's the Superdome, right? Right. Directly across the street from the Superdome, there's like a Dave and Buster's. On the back side of that Dave and Buster's 
on the back street over, which I think is Gerard Street, is where Charity Hospital is. It takes up the entire square block, and it's right there next to the VA hospital. Mm. Yeah, that's a veteran's affairs. So it's right next to the VA hospital. It takes up the entire block, and it's the entire block is fenced in. Like when they do haunted tours, they give you a van tour, they put you in a van, and they drive you by Charity Hospital, and they talk about the lights in Charity Hospital that come on at night, even though there's no power. And um, there's been plenty of people driving on the interstate who will take a picture of a light being on inside the hospital on one of the floors, like in a room, just a light on. And ain't no power in the building for there to be no light. Yeah, definitely one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah, I can see why they have all those guys out there. A lot of people are trying to get in, seeing what's up. So I'm definitely interested to see how how they get in there and if, if they can get back in there. That should be pretty good. Oh, I'm definitely. If they're foolish enough to do it, I'm doing a deal. I can't pay them the whole bunch. We're like, look, $500. Take your camera, get some footage. Here you go. I'm paying you cash. And I'm going to wait for you to come out. I'm going to give you your money. And you're going to give me the camera. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be out there like a paranormal dope dealer. <laughs> you got that footage? You got that footage, man? Yep. You got that footage on me? You got that footage? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. Whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. You got that footage, homie? Let me get that out to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, That's very good. Then the craziest thing while I was – another thing that happened. So, while after I talked to Mo, I walk out of uh, that shop, walk past the chicken and watermelon place, right. and I see one of the local rappers. His name is Skip. He raps with Juvenile and Wacko. Hmm. If you look up, like, Juvenile's, like, last album and see his video – I think it's called Know Your Clap. You'll see a dude with like all these gold teeth that yeah. skip, right? So they sitting out smoking weed, um, sitting in the back of a damn U-Haul. What the hell are they doing? So I started talking to them about Dog Man. I showed them the Dog Man footage. Because I'm like, look, I want to get some black folks' opinion on this just to see what y'all going to say. But I'm showing them on my cell phone. And they being black like everybody, like black people do, being super skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't see that man. You know, I can't see that man. You know, they got a glare on the phone. So they go into the van, into the back of the the truck and kind of lean back and watch it. So one of the chicks, she's like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Whatever that was, it was big. The other guy says, man, that was like a second, man, that's fake. And then another dude says, man, that's 100 percent fake. And he's like, man, you out here hustling us. I'm waiting on you to ask us for money. I'm like, I'm not asking you for money. I just want to get your opinion on it. Right. So we get into conversations about New Orleans. and. Like, the, at first, they was trying to clown me, right? It was like, man, come on, bro. You you out here hustling, man. I was like, dog, I'm literally probably one of the world's top, well, most well-known paranormal investigators and storytellers. And he's like, nah, you lying, you lying. I said, okay, get out your phone and Google Dark Waters horror stories or Dark Waters interviews. So they Google Dark Waters, and so they start scrolling the pages, right? Nice. The chick is like, Man, this dude, they use the N-word. It's like, this N-word got like five pages on Google with him on it. And the other dude's like, okay, so you legit, I, I you all over the internet. I said, yeah. So I said, look, let me ask y'all opinion on this. I said, um, if I was to do a TV show um, where I had hypothetically three of y'all in a room and I showed you guys on, you know, different footage 
and I wanted to get your reaction with y'all be down. And he was like, yeah, well, show us something else. So I started showing them some of the other stuff that I never showed anybody, right? Mm. And they like, oh, hell no. So at first, one of them is like, that's real. The one is like, I don't know. And one is like, that's fake, right? Yeah. So we keep on talking, and they started talking about Mardi Gras and vampires, and I explained to them about two different vampires, a sanguine and a psychic vampire. And so then it turns into, well, uh, what a vampire is at in New Orleans? Like, I'm not going to be able to tell them, so I tell them exactly what a vampire is at. Right. And, it, and they're kind of sitting there just looking at me like I'm crazy and uh, <laughs> not knowing what to say. And so one of them's like, so you mean vampires don't really suck your blood? I said, no. I said, you know, if you go to Sweden or somewhere over there, you might run in, in Europe, you run into one of those. But here we have psychic vampires. So we're going back and forth. And then it turns into Mardi Gras. And it's like, well, man, you know, because just I don't know if I ever told you this, but the psychic vampires we have here in New Orleans are associated with the Mardi Gras crew comas. Right. And I don't know if I ever told you that, but that's what they're associated with. And so um, we start talking about Mardi Gras. And I'm like, man, y'all don't even know the history of Mardi Gras. He's like, yeah, you know, it came from Mobile, um, Mobile. And I was like, no, it didn't come from Mobile, Alabama. I said, Mardi Gras is old world Roman traditions of um, of celebration. I said, and it was child sacrifice. It was all kind of wild, crazy stuff that happened. So I started breaking it down to him. And I was like, you know, um, what did, what do you guys think the tradition of eating the king cake and the baby being in the king cake comes from? And they was like, well, I don't know. I never understood that. So I started talking about Kronos and all the rest of the crazy stuff. And they're like, oh, dog, like, we need to come on your show. We need to do a show because, man, I ain't know none of this, bro. And I'm like, Google everything I'm telling you. So I got them Googling it while I'm explaining it to them. And they're like, man, this is crazy. And I was trying to explain to them about the jester, the Mardi Gras jester, and why people wore the mask and how that mask was used to befriend children before they sacrificed them. And it was like, dude, nobody need to know all this, man. You messing up my Mardi Gras. How am I going to go out here and catch a bead thinking about this? <laughs> it was hilarious, dude. But yeah. um, it was hilarious. That's crazy. It really was. It was funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you don't, a lot of people don't have no idea what it's all about. So they're just out there still doing all the, like all the rituals and stuff. And that's what people need to understand is that you're recreating the rituals every year and you have no idea for what or why it's just out there. Which is why New Orleans is so paranormal. (laughs) Because we recreate old world satanic rituals every year. And people don't understand that. I've been trying to explain to them, well, why is New Orleans paranormal? Well, there you go. That's why. Between the ley lines, the violence, the death, the hurricanes, the hoodoo, the voodoo, the sangria, um, and then the the honoring of old world gods and traditions, you have a paranormal hotspot. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, yeah, it's just going to keep going. It's, it's not going to stop anytime soon, that's for sure. So. <laughs> no, that's not stopping. Yeah. Uh, well, sir, uh, I think we're running down here on our time. But um, one thing I wanted to bring up from our last time we spoke together, how was that... Uh, Yes, we were talking about, I think, I don't know if we were going to bring that up on the show, but um, you mentioned you were going to have some sauce coming out. How's that whole thing going? 
Wait, say that one more time. You broke up some what coming out? Some sauce coming out. Oh, some songs? Sauce. Remember you were talking about... Oh, sauce. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Lord have mercy barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. actually out right now. If you go to my website, im.waters.com, and click on the link for Lord have mercy barbecue sauce, you can order you some barbecue sauce right now. Oh, man. If you want, I can... When we get out there, I can get the information. I can ship you some. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to go ahead and order it, but yeah, we can do that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll um, ship you some Lord have mercy. Yeah, I was just thinking about that too because I was like, I wonder if that sauce came out already. And I was like, I'm, I'm Yeah, it's out. Soon. It's yeah. out. Awesome. I'm definitely that Lord, get you some of that Lord have mercy. <laughs> I hadn't even, yeah, the crazy thing is um, the guys I'm partnering with is selling. I hadn't even did a whole bunch of promotion for it because it started selling on its own because they're dealing with rappers and ball players and everything else but it's lord have mercy barbecue sauce and it's lord have mercy productions um products is the website lord have mercy products lord have mercy products okay yeah so we'll definitely have that out there i'm definitely have to try some of that out especially uh out here going for some barbecue this weekend so you know that'd be pretty good about to get some of that but um and you know i'm gonna be in dallas soon man you need to hook up and smoke a cigar man and chill i'll probably be out there I'll definitely be out there for my birthday in November, so okay. um, we need to hook up. So as soon as I get there next time, I'm going to give you a call. Because normally when I'm there, Saturdays is like Saturday all day. I'm either like on the phone talking to witnesses or somewhere smoking cigars and just having crazy conversations with people. So definitely we're going to hook up. Yeah, so we definitely we have a spot out there in Fort Worth that we like to go and smoke cigars. Um, but we can definitely find something else here local. Um so that won't be an issue. Just go ahead and let me know, and then we'll go ahead and meet up somewhere and get that going. No, it's definitely, they definitely got, what, Dallas Cigars on Greenville. They got one yeah. on off the – yeah, they got a couple of in, in the heart of Dallas we can go to. So we'll, we'll hook up yeah. and make something happen. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll definitely get that going. And then, um, like I mentioned before, if everybody wants to find Mr. Dark Waters on Twitter, you can find him at darkh201. Um, then you can also find his website, iamdrakwaters.com. Make sure you get yourself some of that barbecue sauce. Um, and then we'll be definitely looking out on the website for any new content. Um, I'm definitely interested in that whole video thing. So hopefully uh, we get those up and running soon so we can see if we can find some dog men out there. Um, but- yeah, and for your audience, just so they'll know, they're going to give away some free memberships in their uh, Facebook group. So like go to dogmancams.com Facebook group and join. They're going to kind of do a lottery for a couple of memberships. I think they said like 12 to 15 memberships. So you're going to definitely get like a free year, which I need to get my behind that lottery and try and get me a free year for real. <laughs> uh, you would think that they have you out there running in the woods, putting up those cameras, they can hook you up, but. Nah, they paying me, dog. So they, they yeah, want their true. money back. I wouldn't give them nothing for free if they pay if I paid them. So I don't blame them. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, hopefully everybody hit up that website and get yourself some free uh, some free time on them cameras out there. Um, that should definitely be interesting. But uh, everybody, I really appreciate you guys stopping by. Um, like I mentioned before, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, make sure y'all subscribe and hit that bell icon. Uh, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up as well. That'll really help us out. Um, like I mentioned before as well, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio. Um, we'll link all the social media down below, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We have a Discord as well and a PayPal, but eh, whatever. If you're feeling like you want to go ahead and give a little something, uh, we'd really appreciate it. But uh, I'm not going to be pushing that too much. But, you know, 
it's there. Um, yeah, give and, that man some money, man. <laughs> give him some money. Yeah, and it's it's mostly you know like hardware and software isn't cheap, man. So um, that's pretty much what that's going to be going to. So um, I really appreciate you guys. If you guys, like I mentioned, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at truthdefender1776 at gmail.com. We really appreciate you guys stopping in, Mr. Dark. I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll definitely be hooking up in the future here. Um, like you said, for your birthday, hopefully next month. Mine's in December, so we'll have to, you know, do a little something there. But um, really appreciate your time and uh, stay blessed, sir. Everybody out there, stay blessed and stay frosty. We'll catch you next time.